Please listen carefully. Welcome to another episode of Unofficial Woho Radio, a podcast by women's hockey fans for women's hockey fans. I'm Tay, and I'm here with my co-host, Lauren. Hi. And Alice. Hey. The NWHL draft is happening right now. Yeah, literally, <laughs> literally as we're recording this, it's happening. They have a quote from Pankowski that says, it's been amazing to watch the NWHL grow, and I'm so honored to be drafted as a part of it. It's inspiring to watch the league continue to grow the game. So maybe are they doing a real draft this year? I don't. They've not said anything about anything. So we're going to find out after this episode comes out what they're doing. Yeah. Because we don't I just, know. Like, I remember last last summer, I think, in the off season, they said they were changing their draft format. But then they mm-hmm. never really said how. Which, like, if they do change it, then great. Because it's ridiculous for them to use players, like, names and talent to promote their own interests without, like, the consent or even acknowledgement of the players. Mm -hmm. But I don't know what's happening. I have no idea. Well, so far with the one person they have drafted, it looks like she was aware that it was going to happen. So Yeah. Also, I'm literally scrolling through Twitter just to look at the timeline of what's going on right now. Mm -hmm. And there's some quotes from coaches Mm -hmm. and whatnot, which kind of implies that they have been talking to coaches, which I think they have done in the past. And... That could be interesting. It's just that they didn't like explain that. Why not just why not just explain that the way they're doing it is to get around the NCAA rules, which are ridiculously complicated. They're just talking to coaches and talking to players and then getting like a pool of people who genuinely want to go places. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. OK, see from Deputy Commissioner Haley Moore, blah, 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 blah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you to the college coaches for their communication and for adv- advocating for their players. So like they're telling us now, I think they've kind of realized that people are like, what's happening? And they're trying to be like, oh, well, we explained it. But you didn't. And now you're saying, oh, we've been talking to the coaches of the NCAA teams. But what does that mean? Well, I don't think they're trying to pretend like they've explained it. Yeah, I think think they're they're trying to. Yeah, they might have just completely like not planned it. But like, why didn't they say that this year they've been talking to people? Because like one of the biggest criticisms was that no one goes with the teams that sign them because no one like that's not what happens. It's just the the teams just pick people out of the blue. And then the people are either like, I've never heard of you in my life or they're like, oh, actually, I want to go with this other team or actually I'm going to like Sweden or something like like there's no definitive anything that comes about except for using those players to promote their own teams, regardless of those players wanted to be in that position. So now they're doing now they're actually communicating with people, but they didn't say they were going to do that. So they kind of let people talk about it without clarifying anything. Transparency when? (laughs) Yeah. And I think it was really confusing for people, too, because I think like a lot of people didn't realize how the NWHL draft worked and they thought it was like a real draft. So like when MASH went to Calgary after she finished playing college hockey, everyone was like, what? I thought she was going to the Pride. And it's like, no, the Pride just randomly claimed her and started using her image. Yeah. Yeah. There's so many problems with it. Like just from how... It's not coordinated. I mean, they're doing a bit better now, but like there's so many problems with it that could be solved if they just sat down and 
did what they're doing now, except then told people they were going to do that. I, I don't have anything else to add up on that other than like, it's very unpleasant that they did that. And I'm glad they're moving away and towards like more communication with players and teams and coaches. But like, why didn't they say they were like, why when they said they were changing it, they didn't just tell us we're going to talk to people more and going to ask their permission, which is probably like maybe they didn't think they had to. But that's another problem in and of itself. <laughs> like there, there's a difference. Like you can either be small enough and like, quote unquote, amateur, you know, like that you can get away with not explaining anything because like everyone knows that your whole thing is run by volunteers or you can try and put on like a very, very, very professional like image regardless of what's going on behind the scenes. And you can't like pick and choose depending on what works best for you. Does that make sense? Um, yeah. I, yeah, I just have no idea what's like how it's working this year. So I guess that'll be a topic we, re we revisit if they hopefully explain things before we record another oh oh loren you know they won't yeah um so Did we talk else? about the coach uh which one? Oh, the buttes buttes coaches plural i'm gonna pull up the article yeah it was both coaches there, there has been so much coaching shenanigans and stuff so who even knows yeah, so I'm pulling up a article from wonderful people at the Victory Press, specifically an article um, by Melissa Burgess. I really hope I'm pronouncing that right. We'll link it in the show notes just because it kind of explains more than what I'm going to do here. But it's about the coaching change. And so they relieved both head coach and assistant coach and appointed Buffalo Sab Sabres alumni Cody McCormick. And McCormick was the skills coach he's been working as a as a skills coach and he also works at the harbor center i think according to this article so it's not like completely out of the blue i mean he does have no experience coaching professional hockey like let alone women's hockey wonderful but at least he's been working with the team mm -hmm. although it does mean now there's only one woman in a head coaching role in the nwhl now and shit's a joint coaching position. I have no idea what's going on with all these coaching changes. Like, I don't know if it's, you know, like everything's falling apart at the seams and like they just don't want to tell people or if it's just a bunch of coincidences or like maybe it's not coincidences, but maybe it's like not that serious. It's just things happen and they genuinely went, oh, we want to switch up the coaching staff because they aren't doing as good as we wanted them to. Yeah. Well, but someone in the in the WoHo Discord was saying like, um, in the NHL, it's really common for coaches to get fired if the team isn't doing well when they like should be because the pieces are there. And hmm. so because like the the buttes are owned by an NHL or like by NHL owners or something, it might make sense that they're kind of doing the same thing with their women's hockey team. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's actually in the in this article. That's what the general manager was saying um yeah so so it's like we have world-class players if we're not three and three that's not wh where we need to be they know the expectations are there maybe trying something new having cody's precious and ideas and systems will be really great so it does it does like the way they're at least the way the team is putting it and like we have no reason to believe that there's like any other stuff maybe there is but we don't know no they just mm -hmm. didn't see what should have been there because they do have a lot of talent they have zabados they have Falzer, Bolden, et cetera, et cetera. Like they should be doing really well. And mm -hmm. oh yeah. And I meant if we're three and three, not if 
like we should be. I just I just said it wrong, whatever. But yeah, it's just weird because then also Shannon Miller left. Oh, I'm mm-hmm. so upset about that. Like what happened with that? Because I didn't really follow it that closely. I just know it happened. Um, there hasn't really been a lot of details on it, but there was a like an article um I saw and I can't remember like the website. It was something like it was some college hockey alumni thing where Shannon said something like, Well, now the GM can run the team the way that she wants to run the team. Oh. So, so maybe Kristen Haig was a little bit of a backseat coach. I don't know. Um, I think if you're disagreeing with Shannon Miller to the point that she leaves your team when your team is successful, you're probably not right. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Also, like, I have definitely noticed a lot of differences in how the team is running this year in terms of, like, what players are getting ice time, especially with defense. It seems like Shannon Miller would stick to, like, three defenders and not give, like, any other defenders ice time. So I don't know if that was an issue. Like, Erica Crum, I haven't, I hadn't seen her step on the ice once outside of warm-up. Oh. Hmm. Like, so, yeah, ice time, I noticed a huge difference in among players. Also, like, Shannon Miller coaches on, like, the, the torpedo system, which they explained it, like, five times every single Inferno broadcast. I still don't know what it is. Um, <laughs> but it doesn't really seem like a lot of other teams use it, so that... So that's, like, another thing that's really different. I guess her coaching style is different than a lot of other coaches in the league and coaches the Inferno have had in the past. I think if you're letting Shannon Miller get away, you're making a mistake. But also the Inferno have been still playing well since she left. They, like, murdered the Furies on Sunday. Oof. So maybe they're okay. I, I don't know. The head coach of the Inferno last year was assistant coaching this year. they still have like familiar faces i don't actually know who's who's head coach now i probably should know that they're my team but my my extent of following hockey lately is going to work and then coming home and checking instagram and that's like it (laughs) yeah yeah i mean i check twitter it it's hard my schedule is like i go to bed at 6 a 6 p.m and i get up at 2 a.m so my life is revolving around that. Do we mention the all-star while we're talking about the sea? Oh, yeah. Okay, so I didn't actually realize this because I've only been following like the Thunder. Thunder has been doing a lot of tweets because they're picking their their all-star captains for the all-star game for the CWHL. And they've been really pushing hard for, um, uh, the Thunder has been pushing hard for Knox. Yeah. Um, And then they've been... Like, so they've been pushing, like, like it's become, like, a thing. Like, they're trying to make it, like, a fun event where you can, you know, vote for your captain. Except the problem is, and this isn't really a problem so much as, like, kind of funny to me at least, is that everyone in the vote is, like, under 10%. And the one person with the most is Bridget Laquette. Because she has, like, 55.8%. 48 as of 11:25 eastern time on the 19th of december she has 55.48 percent of the vote everyone else like for perspective liz knox who the thunder's pushing really hard for like they've changed their like twitter name into like hashtag vote for noxy or whatever it is she has 6.5 percent of the vote right now mary fleet poulin has under five percent as does like natalie spooner has not even under like not even two percent everyone loves her which I mean, she deserves it, but it's just funny because 
from like looking on Twitter, I would assume that like anyone else would be doing something because like the the Inferno mentions her, but like not a lot, which I think at this point it's because they don't need to. But it's just funny because everyone else is like, go vote for this person. And meanwhile, the fans are like, well, we love Bridget because she's the best. So she's going to be one of the captains. And then someone else who has under 10% of the vote is going to be the other captain. <laughs> Which right now it looks like it's some, um, yeah, Noah Ratu has 9.7%, which is like, I think the second highest. Which is, it's so, it's so funny. You're just scrolling through it and it's a bunch of 0.1s and 0.25 and like 0.75. And then you scroll down and she's just like, 55 percent she's running away with it i love her so much it's what she deserves Mm -hmm. i just want to bring that up it was very funny when i found out i didn't know and then i found out i was like oh this is so good yeah i was surprised yeah also i mean not that she really needs it at this this point but you should you should vote for laquette she's pretty cool she's a pretty big deal she's kind of a big deal guys okay what do we have next need for speed challenge (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> that is honestly my favorite thing i've ever seen can, yeah can you explain what it is for the people who have not seen it and have been deprived of <sighs> its amazingness sure so um to promote the cwhl all-star game the leafs uh teamed up with the cwhl's laura stacy and natalie spooner to promote or like to for this contest i guess called the need for speed challenge so it was two parts the first one was like physical they had to like race around pylons while stick handling oh i guess i should mention uh they were in teams of two so on one team was team like little spoons so that was marner and stacy i don't know how they decided on little spoons (laughs) and big spoons for the name probably a joke relating to the last name spooner i i guess and then, yeah, the other team was, was Natalie Spooner and Austin Matthews, so they were Team Big Spoons. So, yeah, the first challenge was uh, physical. They had to race around pylons. And then the second one was the mental challenge. <laughs> and they did family feud for the mental challenge. And if you haven't watched this, like, please do. And if you can only watch one part, watch the, the mental challenge one. Because Natalie Spooner is a gift to this world. And... <laughs> We'll give you many a laugh. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know how much I should, like, spoil it. She, I mean, maybe this is a good thing that she doesn't know anything about Game of Thrones. Maybe we should be praising her for that. I don't know. <laughs> but, yeah, you should definitely watch it. It it will bring you joy. How can you not name one Game of Thrones character? How? <laughs> no, actually, how could you think Thor is in Game of Thrones? <laughs> <laughs> i like i yeah yeah that girl does hockey and nothing else yeah basically oh, i really need to watch it i haven't watched it oh alice you gotta watch it it's so oh. good i will as soon as as soon as we're done i'm gonna go watch it and then i'm gonna go tweet about it yeah they uh, Nat- natalie's team won the mental challenge oh. but that's that's mostly because of austin matthews <laughs> yeah <laughs> very true oh dear i saw their little their little celebration at the end and i was like oh that's so cute i need to actually watch the video and not just like little gifts of it yeah the video was much better okay mm-hmm. i'm gonna go watch it you only get like rare glimpses of austin matthews like genuinely like laughing and having fun on the ice 
And that was one of them. <laughs> Game of Thrones character, a dragon. No. <laughs> the sad thing for Austin is I don't think he even got to hear her answers because he had to have headphones on. So like he mm. didn't copy the other players. Oh, so okay. he missed he he missed it, but <laughs> Oh dear. I'm sure he saw it afterwards, but was like, why? Yeah. I I've carried us through this challenge. He really Stacy was like crying laughing. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. She could not handle it. Okay, wait. Next topic. Wow, what a segue I did there, eh? <laughs> it is a more serious topic. It's not like super serious, but it's more of like it's not hockey players being adorably dumb, basically. No, it's what happened because Brian Jenner did a speech at Olds College. Yeah, a scholarship breakfast thing. So she did a speech where she mentioned specifically, she talked about how when she was in college, she had a much better experience with the press because they'd actually know something about her team. Because then like once she went up to the national team, people treated her sport, like her like playing hockey and like the team as like a charity case or as a um, like novelty thing. So she'd get questions like, does she feel lucky to have such a nice dressing room and things like that. And then, like, all the questions she got on the national team were, like, the same repeat of, like, how does it feel to represent Canada? Like, how far is women's hockey in Canada come? And then, meanwhile, like, the men are getting asked, like, legit hockey questions because people aren't shitty about them. Which led to a conversation on Twitter about, like, uh, after this came out, there was immediately, like, a bunch of tweets by reporters who cover the sport mostly cover the sport so they actually know what they're talking about saying like yeah they've asked like super dumb questions um including one by i'm gonna pull it up right now but yeah so um kirsten wellen i really hope i'm pronouncing that right from the victory press says that as a reporter in a scrum she's had other reporters ask questions like who is this is she good how many teams are in this league? How does this event work? To like the other reporters there as a reporter. What? What? Okay, it's so clear when like reporters from like big news organizations go in there and they just clearly have like a narrative that they've already got and they're just trying to find sound bites. Oh, it's they go in like, what can I write about one league? And then they come out and they're like, well, I don't know how anything else works, but I can write about some fake drama. Not not to say that there isn't drama, but like they'll make up drama or like deliberately seek it out when like that's not the story they should be following. And they don't even bother doing like any kind of research before going in there and they just ask questions like that. It's so disrespectful to like the athletes and the sport that you don't go in there and that that reporters go in there and ask the dumbest question. Yeah. <sighs> It's it's so patronizing. It's so insulting. I'm so surprised that like players haven't full on decked reporters over this because I would not blame <laughs> them if they have to put up with this garbage. And it's so boring to read too because you can immediately tell when you are in the middle of an article like some kind of quote and you're like, this isn't knowing what happened during like the tournament or the games. Like, why are you asking these questions? Oh, yeah. It's so bad. And... I don't really have anything else to add to this because it's just, it's just rude. It's just not the kind of stuff that you should be writing as, as a reporter. And I'm not a reporter, but I know as like someone reading it and someone who follows the sport, like it's not, it's not good content. And I know that's not what they care about. I know they're only there for clicks 
And that's what makes it even more frustrating because there are people out there doing good work like the Victory Press and they actually cover this stuff respectfully. They actually write good articles about it and they also give like solid coverage. And, they actually and then like, and then Globe and Mail will send like someone who's maybe heard about the CWHL to ask how many teams are in your league? Like what? You, oh my God. Have you heard of Google? Like, one thing I hate, too, is that when they do get mainstream coverage, a lot of the time, it's only for when there's something bad going on or something controversial. And I remember, I think it was last spring, after the Olympics, Tim and Sid, which is a Sportsnet thing, did a a segment on one league, I think. And, mm-hmm. like, I, I think it was it was Clarkson Cup weekend. And instead of, like, talking about the Clarkson Cup or whatever, they were, like, talking about one league and how, like, there should they should just, like, team up or whatever. And Jackie Pieri, um, who used to play for the Inferno, she retweeted them, and she's like, if we form one league, can we get more than, like, one segment per year from you guys? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so good. I mean, it sucks, but it, like, call them out. Especially with, uh, I remember, there's specific points. You can literally track what drama goes down in women's hockey by following mainstream coverage. Because outside of, like, Olympics and maybe occasionally, like, national team stuff, it's only, like, when, you know, the NWHL salaries got slashed or more one-league drama, continuing one-league drama, uh, investor leaves, and all of a sudden people are like, ooh, what's going on now? It's so transparent. It's so obvious. And it's awful. For a while there, um, when the NWHL had really big news that they needed to break, they wouldn't go to any of the reporters that, like, go to games every weekend and write up on their players. They would go to, like, bigger publications with that news. I think they've realized now that the bigger publications, like, only care about the drama because they think that's what gets clicks, even though it's, like, pretty obvious at this point that if you provide consistent coverage, people are going to watch it, like, just because it's consistent coverage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I haven't been able to pay attention much uh, to this season because I've been working. But yeah, I know a lot of the WoHo writers, the NWHL writers, were not happy about that. Oh, yeah. They put in so much work every week, like doing this and like covering women's hockey doesn't exactly pay a whole lot. And they put in all this work and make really great content. So. Mm-hmm. support your local woho writer that's what we're gonna say <laughs> and it loops back into the transparency issue as well yeah because like they won't say anything forever so then people have to speculate because otherwise they can't talk about anything and then like once something does happen the writers uh-huh. who are like are actually giving them coverage don't even get to like do anything with it mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a frustrating ongoing conversation but uh yeah We'll see how that goes, because we're definitely going to be coming back to it, I feel, in the in a future episode, at least. Uh, so one last thing we want to talk about before we leave is... Are we talking um, about the Black Girl Hockey Club? Yes. Okay, no, you, you do it, because you probably know more about it. Oh, okay. Well, I just wanted to shout out the Black Girl Hockey Club. They had their first meetup recently at the Washington Capitals game. Um, and it sounds like they had a really good time, and I wanted to mention that they're having another meetup at Bridgestone Arena in Nashville on February 10th. They're going to watch the Nashville versus St. Louis game, and I think, I'm not entirely sure, but I think they're going to watch the NWHL All-Star game that's happening after that. Um, oh, yeah. Game. Yeah, they are. They mentioned they're doing, like, a doubleheader type thing. Yeah. 
Yeah, so, so they had a really good time in Washington. I think they said about 40 black women showed up to watch um, the game. And a lot of them, it was their first hockey game. That's so awesome. Yeah. That's so and awesome. I think um, what the creator, let me find this post because I want to say it right. Hold on. I have to look it up. I will say while you're doing that, they have a website yeah. called um, blackgirlhockeyclub.co.blog. But if you look up Black Girl Hockey Club, you'll find it. And they have like articles and stuff and events and resources all on the website as well. Yeah. So um, this is a quote from the Color of Hockey blog. And it's from the creator of Black Girl Hockey Club, Renee Hess. And she said, I'd never seen two black women at a hockey game before. So I made it my mission this year to make that happen. And... She is. It's working out really well. I love that. And I know that Kelsey Colzer of the um, Metropolitan Riveters was there. I saw her in a picture. <laughs> yeah, if you want to if you want to keep up to date on that and you're interested in going, you can email blackhockeylady at gmail.com or and or DM at blackgirlhockey on Twitter. And they will keep you in the loop for that. And you can find out what's going on and hopefully go because it sounds like it's going to be a real fun time. Mm-hmm. And, ooh, last thing, last thing we should do. So the Charlotte Checkers are doing individual goal songs this season. I don't know if who what team that is. I just know they're doing individual goal songs and people really is like that. that. AHL? Yeah, they're, the, um, they're an affiliate for the Hurricanes. You know, the other hockey oh, okay. league that's doing a lot of like fun stuff that <laughs> the Canucks did individual goal songs one year and it was terrible mm-hmm. and some, <laughs> well, some players sure. picked such like like Brandon Sutter his song made people actually wish he wouldn't score what song was it um Baton Rouge or something oh dear huh. and I, I think I might have imagined this but I think one year it was I like it I love it um, how dare he right. he's you can tell he's he's a country boy he's yeah yeah oh boy anyway so sorry so um, so in honor of that we're going to um we're going to pick the songs that if we if we played hockey and they played songs after we scored and we could score what would those songs be for us oh god i don't know oh yes <laughs> sorry put you on the spot there <laughs> How about that? Tay, you go first. Hmm. I'm stuck between two options here because my first instinct is to go with like maybe a Panic at the Disco song because I really like them. But one of the Charlotte Checkers was adamant that his goal song had to be It's Raining Men. And I really like that. Yes. (laughs) So maybe It's Raining Men, maybe another disco song. I don't know. It's got to be a really good, like, energetic song, you know? Yeah, yeah. That's, that's so good. I'm so glad that he insisted on that. Yeah. That, that's so specific. I've been thinking about this. It's been so long since I've gone to a hockey game and they played, like, goal songs. Do they start in, like, the chorus? Can you start a specific spot or do they start at the beginning of the song? I think you can start at the specific spot. Yeah. Okay. Because the Preds, um, the Preds song is I Like It, I Love It, and they do not start at the beginning. Oh, yeah, Tim you McGraw, can't. Like, didn't Tim McGraw, is that who did it? Whoever did it did, like, a video for the Preds. Yeah. And they, they changed the words to the chorus, so it's, like, it mentions the Preds. Yeah. 
Don't know what it is about the predators scoring, but I like it. I love it. I want some more of it. Oh. I think it's Tim McGraw, but I, I might be wrong. But I know him and like Faith Hill do the anthem at Preds games. See, I'm, I'm yeah. basically scrolling through like all my songs being like, what what can I choose? What can I do? <laughs> um, So Ooh, I could be cliched because I really love Thor and I could do Immigrant Song by Led yeah. Zeppelin. Or I could do something else like, say what, Don't Fear the Reaper, but that's really like not really suited to. There's also the Lighted Up remix from Major Lazer and a bunch of other people. It's like, it's it's a jam. There's one more. I'm going to find it. Someone else do their thing while I find it. While you're looking, I'm going to say that I've decided mine's going to be Baby One More Time by Britney Spears. Yes. Oh, that's oh, that's so good. Oh, okay. Also, if I wanted to go like, canadian and like you know it almost indie i don't know if this would qualify but you got it by chains of love because it's on the letter kenny soundtrack <laughs> actually like a lot of the songs on the letter kenny soundtrack would work they have a lot of dubstep for for us for a show that takes place in a small town in northern ontario there's a lot of dubstep and i would have expected more like i don't know folk folk music <laughs> i don't know anyway that's what i'd pick Loren, you got one for us? Um, I'm just going to mute my mic because there's a vacuum cleaner in the background. <laughs> um, I'm trying to... I'm looking at like Mariana's Trench songs because I'm pretty sure I'd go with something by them. But most of their songs sound like pop, but the words are very angsty. <laughs> you should you should pick a My Chemical Romance song just because. <laughs> I don't know like any My Chemical Romance songs. Oh, oh dear. It's been so long um, since I listened to them, but they were such a formative part of my childhood experience. Yeah, welcome to the Black Parade. <laughs> oh, okay, I know that one. With just the I piano as you're scoring, so like no one actually <laughs> hears it because they're you, all cheering, and that's it. You know how people will put like important goals or whatever to the Titanic theme? What if they did it to that song instead? Yes. <laughs> what if uh, the Jurassic Park theme? Yes. You score and like the, the chorus of the Jurassic Park theme comes on. Da, 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 da. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I would go with uh, This Means War by Marianas Trench. It's like, I don't know. It sounds very angsty. I need to listen to it. It's, it's actually not. Their their last <laughs> album was like not as angsty as their past ones. Uh, and so we're going to wrap it up, but we have some exciting news for the new year coming on in the new year. We are going to be launching a Patreon page. For those who don't know what Patreon is, it's a website where you can basically donate, you know, $1 a month, $50 a month please give us $50 a month um, <laughs> <laughs> to um, creators and they in return will like give you access to cool rewards and stuff. So we do kind of need some money to fund what we're doing. Cause it, it's not cheap. I mean, okay. It is as cheap as I can make it, but there are like some costs that we're trying to like make up because we are all very broke right now. So yeah. We're going to be launching our Patreon in two weeks with the launch of our next episode. And with it, you'll get cool rewards. You'll get a lot of bloopers I've been putting together. They're like 
lot of bloopers. They're very good. So many bloopers. We're <laughs> we're so ridiculous. You have no idea how much I edit it. Ooh, behind the scenes stuff, like the editing I do, um, news and whatnot, a Discord server with channels exclusive to patrons, stickers for 50 bucks. I will cross stitch you something like custom personal women's hockey themed and I will mail it to you. A uh, bunch of other stuff as well. So that's gonna be coming up in two weeks in the new year. We don't have an exact date on that because if you haven't noticed, it's really hard to schedule, but we're excited for it. And so that's going to do it for us today. Thank you so much for listening, folks, as always. And you can find our Twitter, our podcast Twitter, where we're going to be sharing information and stuff at Woho Radio. And we're also on Tumblr at Unofficial Woho Radio. And you can find me, Alice, on everything but Instagram at this point, I think. It's so like Twitter, et cetera, et cetera at Yolo Woho. And Tay, where can we find you? You can find me at Twitter at underscore or nope at ribs underscore <laughs> Fuck me. Okay. <laughs> oh fuck Twitter. Okay. <laughs> what staying in <laughs> Um you can find me at Twitter at ribs underscore R underscore Roland with no G. And Loren, where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter at Spoon Ickelson. It's Spoon as in Spooner and Ickelson as in Mickelson. All right. Thank you so much and talk to y'all next week. Bye. 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 Bye.